Afide, everybody. I'm really excited. I am really excited about today's podcast. We have a very special guest joining us from Samoa once again. We have Nick. Nick, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. Nice to meet you as well, Keith. And hello to everybody. Yes. Tell of a lover. Yes, awesome, awesome. Was there a little <laughs> is there a little lag on my side? We're good, right? Like there's no lag. Um, a little bit, but it's it's manageable. It's good. Okay, awesome. So I just want to give a little brief background, right, about what Invita Life is essentially all about. Our vision is really simple to connect the audience to engage in the environmental discussion through creative vehicles that benefit the world. We want to really inspire and empower storytellers, advocates, and artists to creatively express their concern for the encompassing issues and threats that climate change ultimately brings. So the reason why I am ecstatic about this episode is because we have you, Nick, <laughs> who is an expert. <laughs> I'm here. Yes, yes. Who is an expert in renewable energy? So, you know, just to get better acquainted with who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how your concern for the climate change issues grew over time in Samoa? Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm, li- um, I'm actually living and working in Samoa. Uh, my entire family is all overseas. Um, and so I went to school here, uh, Samoa College, studied science. Um, and physics was my favorite subject in school, which ultimately started a lifelong foundation of passion for climate change. You know, like with physics, we study energy conservation, electricity, thermodynamics, electromagnetism, you know, but this was just like, these are some of the topics in physics that I didn't know would lay out the foundation of like where I am today. And so um, over the years, I wanted to do something um, that I could help develop, um, do developments in Samoa um, through this gift I had. You know, I knew this gift was from God and things and things that seems like a coincidence uh, were not. Um, God was showing me specific things in a time where I wasn't sure what to do or what kind of career um, and like issues or impacts that I wanted to do in the future. Um, and so like, co- and I quote this, like coincidentally newspapers, social medias and conversations, meeting, meeting people at the forefront of climate change, um, you know, they really helped like scope exactly where I, I needed to be. Um, and so like at the moment, I'm a renewable energy engineer. Um, and that was the first step. Um, the second step was taking a deeper dive into university and, and expanding my knowledge in physics to engineering um, and branching out to different industries, uh, not just p- for power generation. Um, for an example, like branching out to agriculture, politics, businesses, education, uh, water systems. These are some of the few industries that renewable energy can branch out into um, that I've had a realization through university. And um, and just and just kind of like with the well-known technologies that we have in Samoa, um, hydro hydropower, wind power, solar, 
Um, and with the advancements of technology in the future, we'll soon see emerging emerging ones as well, such as geothermal, biogas, and a very new one, which I'll talk about later, uh, pumped hydro. Oh. Um, and so, yeah. So this is all kind of like, like the passion that like like towards climate change, um, and it's to make an impact with um, with individuals, making standard of living better, making lives better, uh, raising awareness, connecting people, and making community impact developments. Um, and this, like these first two steps, were were got me into where I am today. Amazing, amazing, and and I'll let you talk about your title and daily responsibilities in a bit but first i really just want to give a brief refresher you know for the the listeners that are not entirely too informed about what exactly renewable energy actually is so renewable energy is often referred often referred to as clean energy right comes from natural resources or processes that are constant constantly replenished for example solar and wind because there is rapid development of innovative and less expensive ways to capture and retain wind and solar energy renewables are becoming more prominent and important you you have different types of renewable energy sources such as the ones you mentioned um, and you know solar energy which transform sunlight into direct electricity then you have wind energy which by its name allows these enormous turbines to feed an electric generator which therefore produces electricity and an interesting one that I actually just caught up on recently was ocean and tidal wave energy which is still in you know the developing phases because of the approach it needs to take when harnessing its power but it's really something that i feel is just going to grow exponentially um going back to you you know can you just go a little more in depth you know you don't need to (laughs) give me the full-on you know um yeah, yeah. list of yeah of what you do but you know just like your title details, and sort of like details, the yep. day-to-day as a as an engineer yep so my position is Re- renewable energy engineer um i work for the electrical power corporation um, also known as epc in samoa which is under the samoan government um so just a little bit about epc is like they they generate and distribute 99 percent of electricity in Samoa Um, and so with with my job I have two distinct areas Um, the really fun and enjoyable one that I like is projects and the second which is not so fun is attending faults and breakdowns with renewable energy technologies and power stations Um, so I'll go into a little bit of depth depth with both of them Um, I'll start with the boring one attending faults (laughs) and breakdowns um, so that pretty much means that I'm, I'm on call all the time, um, going to sites and investigating what the problem is. Sometimes, you know, I'm there for eight hours on a weekend. Sometimes it's at 3 a.m. in the morning, which it has happened before. Um, sometimes it's just as easy as pushing a pushing one button. Um, so like really, whenever I get I do get the call and the phone rings, um, like like they tell me a little bit about like where it is 
um, like what's happened, um, but they don't know the full story. So that's where myself and a, and a team go out, investigate, solve the issue um, and get it back online. Um, another thing I like to think about with these breakdowns is like every time a renewable power station goes down, it just means that more diesel engines will have to work to make up for that loss which means more pollutants are being emitted into the atmosphere. So it's not just about getting the job done, but it's like about, but it's about, you know, the environment. It's about the whole yes. carbon footprint, uh, minimizing atmospheric pollution and more. Um, so that's, that's the boring side of, of my job, um, which ultimately means I pretty much have no life after work. That's a joke. <laughs> but the second part, uh, you know, the fun part of projects. Um, so I'm currently working on the project that is very new to the Pacific, um, which is pumped hydro. Unfortunately, I can't go into too much detail about it, but I can happily say that it would help benefit um, hydro generation. Um, so pumped hydro is a concept where where um, where you're investing energy by pumping water from a lower reservoir to a higher reservoir. Um, this provides a dividend with energy production. So in a sense where energy production is not needed, um, water can still be pumped, um, but it can be stored um, through a dam. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so I can't really go into that. Like exactly where, exactly where. Are you sure? No, yeah, I'm just I'm kidding. Sure. I'll get fired. <laughs> no, we're just kidding. So how many, so can you give an estimate about how many renewable energy projects Samoa currently has or are pursuing? Yep. So we currently have um, hydros. So that's one, two, three, four, five, seven hydros on the main island, Upolu. And we have one small hydro in Savai'i. Um, with solar power stations, we have five on Upolu and one on Savai'i. And uh, we have two wind turbines on Upolu. Um, and of course, we have our backup, our backbone of power generation, um, the 24 megawatt diesel engines on the main island. And we also have, this is like the only standalone or off-grid system that we have. Um, it's on Apolima Island. Um, so they have a hybrid system of solar power and diesel, which work together to provide electricity to um, a population of just under a thousand people. Um, so those are the projects that we currently have. Other okay. projects that EPC uh, and myself are currently pursuing is um, establishing more hydro power stations for the island. Um, and wind turbines. Um, the reason there's a, there's a lot of people that ask me like why not solar? And solar power is actually some of the causes of the recent blackouts in the last few years. It's oh, just wow. because it's really unstable. Um, and battery energy storage technology isn't able to help balance or stabilize this fluctuating load all the time. Um, so even if if it is a, like a really sunny day. If a single cloud passes over the sun on a graph, you could actually see it like dip significantly, and and um, it will restore its its uh, position on the graph. Um, and so, like we're we're heading towards more base load power, 
um, very soon. There is there is there has been a few studies with geothermal um, in Samoa um, and various other types of projects as well. But you're probably going to hear about it in the next couple of years. Yes, for sure. I mean. Samoa is really progressing to transitioning to this clean, renewable future. And that's absolutely important because um, especially for off-grid, you know, people who are far from having that accessibility, you know, um, just being able to rely on this sort of ubiquitous type of energy, you know, um, resource that allows people to live longer off-grid, you know, being able to connect that missing piece, you know, it mm -hmm. serves as that connection in a way. That's really interesting that Samoa um, has been trying to do the wind turbines, you know, uh, wind energy and, you know, so on Guam, right? Guam has, for example, substantial wind potential all around and all throughout the island. However, yeah. the island itself is actively a victim of typhoons, you know, because it is because it is located in this what we call Pacific Typhoon Alley. Um, so when we think wind turbines or proposing such projects, it must be really engineered in a sense where it needs to resist both typhoon force winds and the possibility of earthquakes, you know, because they both play a factor in into the sort of um, engineering aspect, you know. So how does your company or how do you mm -hmm. in your, you know, in your career field manage the development, the design or construction of these energy conservation projects yep just yeah so just um touching on to what you said with earthquakes and and typhoons and cyclones and things like that um so with with our wind turbines in Samoa, um they're actually put down so we're able to put them down um whenever there's a period of of cyclone um but unfortunately with earthquakes um there is no way to to kind of prevent that from actually Predict. Or, or predict it exactly um but it really comes down to the civil engineering of it laying the concrete foundations um especially for the hydros because with the hydro stations um they they, they do a significant amount of civil work um on uh, where the generator and the turbine sits um and so if there's any cracks if there's if there's any distortion in the foundation um that can really destroy um that can really destroy the whole the whole project and you're talking about millions of dollars yes yes being invested into these projects you know so just yeah, yeah. and and yeah sorry and that's that's kind of like a new area where um where they're looking at climate resilience in power stations um how how can civil engineering uh, engineers um make uh, design and make um, like concrete foundations like resistant to earthquakes and like what scale or what spectrum can it you know can it not fail um, so that's that's an ongoing like study mm -hmm. at the moment um, but hopefully like when it does have like a good measurable safety factor um, like you know they are able to share it with the Pacific mm -hmm. as well Hmm. Okay. Um, what 
So what goes into the the sort of design and planning of it? I mean, do you guys favor one specific type of energy project over the other, or is it more so whichever is most feasible or practical to sort of implement at the time? Um, yeah, so it's actually it's more better to diversify the renewable mix, um, and it, like there is there's like a, there's a feasibility study that goes into it, um, mm-hmm. where another team goes out, they do their study for about one or two years, they gather data, um, and then they they propose. Uh, they they you know they write a document saying like this is how much this is what the data tells us um, this is what mm-hmm. should be here um, this is how much if you spend this amount of money this is how much you're going to get in return um, and how much percentage it would add to to how much currently Samoa has in terms of renewable energy production um, so it is it is like a very a slightly long process with. Um, you know, designing, implementing, and installation of these projects, um, because it does like we have to get it right. You know, there has to be yes. like a lot of study, reliable like reliable amount of data to mm-hmm. to spend millions of dollars on these projects. Um, I do know projects around the world that have failed because the studies have have not been true. Um, like just because data has not been reliable. Um, these companies have suffered financial loss, um, and that's something that the Pacific just can't have. Like we have to be a hundred percent sure with with the data, yes. with the study, so that you know, like we can reach our our goal of becoming hundred percent renewable, but also at the same time have a stable financial income with this energy production. Going back to the hundred percent renewable, does Samoa have any projected Time when they want to achieve 100% renewable. I mean, because you you mentioned that you want to diversify the renewable resources, you know, across different sorts different sorts of projects. Um, does Samoa have a specific yep. date or year in which they want to achieve um, renewable? Yeah. So we're aiming for. So we're aiming for 2030 wow. to be 100% renewable. Wow, that's very close. Yeah. So at the moment we're at 50%. Um, there is a list of projects that are going to be rolled out this year, next year as well, um, just to push closer to the 100%. But 100% by 2030 is the goal. Wow, that's that's really close. Oh, uh, you guys, yeah, it's so funny, right? Because um, on Guam. For some reason, they're sh- the way the way they are strategizing renewable energy is in slow increments, so like slow phases. So, for example, um, to my knowledge, the renewable goal would increase to ten percent of net electricity by twenty twenty five, and then increase uh, another fifteen percent by twenty thirty five. But you guys are trying to situate 100% renewable by 2030 and you kind of just gauge on how different uh, Pacific Island nations are treating the issues that climate change are creating you know by allowing this um, opportunity you know through renewable energy to adapt 
to sort of deter any sort of um, impacts that it would have eventually. You know, um, in your opinion, why do you feel that renewable energy is a necessary implementation for Pacific Island nations? And try your best to be objective, because you know I know we are both from, you know,、um, these island nations, but. You know, take into consideration the numbers. I mean, you study, you know, you study the numbers, and you understand,、um, and you know, you're under, you're understanding it through a different lens. You know what I mean? So, why do you feel en- renewable、yeah. energy is this necessary enforcement that we should have?、Um, so, I firstly see climate change as this big umbrella where you have renewable energy. And you have all these other things that that go under it.、Um, renewable energy is just one of them, and it can branch out to to different types of、um, like aspects of life that can help benefit the Pacific.、Um, and it's really just to build climate resilience to the effects of global warming.、Um, and and when I mean like 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 some of the different areas, you know, like like with agriculture,、um, education. Um, law, policy making, businesses, even electric cars in in the islands are like are like just little ways to to help little ways on the importance of renewable energy in the Pacific.、Um, because like not many people like it, just living in the Pacific, you see like people burning wood to to do an umu, and、mm-hmm. like all those all those fumes, they all contribute to to like the global. To global warming,、um, but if they have like an alternative、um, to changing their way of to changing the way of life into a better and greener alternative,、um, mm-hmm. which can be much cheaper as well,、um, yeah, then that is just a small small way of of help like renewable energy、um, can help benefit you know families and communities.、Um, another thing that that renewable energy can can really do is Has helped boost、uh, businesses, particularly in agriculture, where、um, where sometimes they're too far away from the grid to to have like power. And having solar power, or even a small wind turbine, or a small、um, hydro power station、um, running off a river, can help you know boost like water systems for these、uh, like agricultural businesses.、Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're feeding you're feeding your like local people.、Um, And helping the economy as well.、Um, so, like in regards to like climate change and being this big umbrella, and the importance of renewable energy technology taking a you know having a big role in it.、Um, mm-hmm. Like, like people see renewable energy as just engineering, but it's a lot more than that, and it's just raising awareness to like how much. Renewable energy can implement into lives,、um, and educating the young ones as well, which is really important. And yeah, I could I could really go on about this. Like it's such a detailed well, yeah, and specific it, it specific thing. Like like even because like tech like the renewable energy technologies is so far ahead of you know our laws and our policies that they're not keeping up. And 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 in a way, that's kind of slowing development down. And it's just making them realize, like, like this is such a huge and diverse field、um, to get everyone involved. And exactly what you're doing is like raising awareness and connecting people 
um, is like such a huge thing as well. Everything that you have going on is absolutely important because you serve as a bridge between humanitarian and environmentalism. You know, because anything that you strive to accomplish is for the betterment of humanity and the people in Samoa specifically. So being able to put that responsibility upon your shoulders and handle it the way you do is really inspiring, Nick. You really you really are inspiring. And I hope that you understand that your role is necessary and it's something that you should be you should feel very proud about because um, these are the issues. I mean, especially during these times, these uncertain times, the way we react and the way we adapt to all of the different implications of climate change is going to be very important. And it's going to steer us in this specific direction that we need to go. And you're taking that lead role right now because renewable energy is the future. And it's readily apparent that the entire world is slowly, if not if not already, realizing how important and how significant renewable energy sources are to right about you know, um, yep. our entire planet and for the health of our planet. Um, Nick... I feel like we can go on. Yeah, we can definitely <laughs> we talk can, about this for We hours, can go man. on. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I just want to say thank you, you know, from the bottom of my heart. Um, in, in my language, uh, coming from Guam in our native tongue, it's Ondonkulu Nasi Zuus Masi. That means, you know, big thanks. Thank you very much for being with us today. No, thank you, Keith. Thank you, thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, such a huge honor to be on your podcast and to, you know, share share a little bit about about what I do. Um, hopefully, someone will hear it. They'll get inspired, um, and they'll you know do the same thing that I'm doing, um, or even do something else. But it's as long as you know, like they're able to to connect to what we're both doing and and realize like this is such a yeah. big demand in the Pacific. You know, like yeah, just a big yeah. thank you to you, big Fafkai lover. What is it? Fafka lava. Fafa Thai lava. Fafka lava. Oh, oh Fafa Thai lava. Okay. Lava, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we will be reconnecting again in the future just to see if there's any, you know, um, new projects that you have going on and that you're willing to share with us. <laughs> I can share them once they're completed. <laughs> yes. All right. All right, Nick. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Keith.